Crafting, founder of the Posh Mum Club. Welcome to my podcast, Women Who Inspire. Today we have Rosamyn, luxury consultant, host of Indigo Living Talk Show and contributor to Half of Bazaar Arabia. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Could you introduce yourself, please? Well, I think you've done a great job, but uh, my name is Rosamyn. I'm based in Dubai in the UAE. Currently, I have a weekly talk show in partnership with Indigo Living called On the Couch Series with Roseman. In addition to that, I am the contributing editor of Harper's Bazaar Arabia, host of a show with them called Bazaar Beauty. And um, I have a company out here called RR & Co Bespoke Luxury Management, which is a consultancy for luxury brands out here. You've lived in different countries. Which ones, which ones would you call home? So I was born in Canada and um, I, I think Canada is definitely home for me. My parents are out in Toronto. Um, so there's something quite special about being there. I feel like I can just relax when I'm there and I'm, I'm never on work mode there. I just get pampered and a lot of home cooking. <laughs> um, but my adult life was in in London. I was in Milan for a brief stint with um, when I was working with Gucci. So I was in Italy then. And uh, the past 14 years I've been in Dubai and I think Dubai has now really become home for me. I mean, London, because my adult life was there in the sense of like university and, and working and, and really kind of setting up, you know, first time living away from your parents. I was there for about yeah. 13 years. There is something really special about London. I'm very comfortable there. And, uh, you know, a lot of my close friends are there. But, you know, when people ask me about what home is and what my, my place is, it, it really is Dubai right now. Right. What does luxury mean to you as a luxury consultant? Well, to me, luxury is, is truly time and, and service. So, um, you know, luxury is that, that time is something you really can't buy. But, you know, we all have the same 24 hours in the day. But there is something quite um, special about having freedom and time and and that really kind of exceptional service of you know, I think when you start dealing with luxury brands, you realize everything is one step ahead. You're always thinking about the client, you know, 10 steps before they've even thought of what they've wanted. So um, to me, it, it really is of service and time. You run a consulting business and work as a luxury presenter. What are the trending topics at the moment? So I think what everyone's looking for right now is one, how to really personalize your experience. Um, I mean, right now we are in the middle of a global pandemic. So I think the first thing that's probably the most current topic is, you know, how do you keep that client engaged and wanting to buy and wanting to purchase? Um, what we've seen right now, a lot of our clients are looking for is they actually don't need another bag or another pair of shoes because they're not really going anywhere. But what they are investing in is a lot of things for the house. Uh, yeah. So they're, they're spending a lot more time at home. And so I think that's kind of where you're seeing an increase in, in sales, to be honest, um, in the luxury space. And how do you think the luxury market will change due to the coronavirus? Well, hopefully when things open up, um, you know, I, I hope people will have confidence to start shopping again. Um, but I think what you're going to see now is um, a lot of, well, a less less fast fashion purchasing. And what you're going to see is an increase of people investing in pieces. So uh, when it comes to luxury products, higher price points, they're not going to change that car 
every year. They're going to buy it. They're going to keep it for a little bit longer. Um, I think women are going to probably start investing more in classic bags and, and keep things really kind of see the value in money for when it comes to craftsmanship and keeping things for a longer time. And what are your thoughts on sustainability? Any companies you would recommend, especially in Dubai? I think with sustainability, it's a, it's a great topic. And I think at some point, everyone should be responsible um, of giving back to the environment and being responsible of where items are coming from, right? Like, you, you want to know where these items are being produced and the quality of them. I love what Matches is doing. I love what Netaporte is doing. They're making it a lot easier for consumers to shop. So for people who are not into sustainability, um, but still want to, you know, don't know all the details of sustainability, but still want to invest in clothes and want to invest in great brands, brands like MattressFashion.com and Netaporte have, have created a portal which just has brands that are um, sustainability brands. And so they've done all the checks for you and you can shop in one click. So I think, you know, brands, luxury brands are making it easier for you to shop um, for sustainable brands. And there's a lot of great brands out there as well. So, and even in the, even in the kind of fast fashion space, you can see H&M is doing a conscious line and same with Mango as well. So it's interesting what's happening. I think the world of fashion is definitely changing. Um, you work with charities, one of them Brass for Cause. What work have you done with these charities? So breast cancer awareness is something really close to me. My mom had breast cancer uh, before the age of 40. Um, and, you know, she's turning 80 at the end of the year. Oh, that's, and, uh, that's amazing. She is honestly an incredible woman. And she was actually a case study for so many medical schools because... Um, she had it at such a young age, she had three kids, and we were born just outside of Toronto in a, a city called London, Ontario, and you know, there were only two major hospitals there, and no one wanted to touch her because they just didn't know what breast cancer really was, it was something yeah. very new, and um, you know, I was probably only three or four at oh, that wow. time when it was happening, and so, you know, all I remember with her was losing her hair, wearing a wig, you know, going to the hospital, and probably I was traumatized me going to the hospital because I just I have those childhood memories of that and I remember what she went through it and what the team of surgeons had to do they actually had to get um, a surgeon from Florida to fly in to do the surgery for her and um, you know now she's 80 I'm very honest about what happened with her they actually took fat from her thigh to reconstruct her breast and now that I'm older and I'm actually 40 years old, I look at her and it breaks my heart that at that point she was such a young woman and she wanted to still feel feminine and still have um, her breasts and they reconstructed it. And you can imagine that the scars that she has yeah. and those memories are always there. And, you know, now technology has improved and, you know, you can actually get beautiful reconstruction now. Um, and it really breaks my heart that, you know, breast cancer is something that is something that is probably the only cancer that you can treat right away if you find it and so um, I try and do my best to advocate for women to really do self-checkups self-examinations and really be in tune with your body you know you can't really trust anyone else to tell you what's going on with your body you have to be really in tune with how you're feeling and whether you're writing a journal or know about your family history and be very responsible to 
take a mammogram, um, you know, and ask the doctor to do it, you know, because sometimes they'll be like, oh, we only want to do it once every four years or whatever. Every country has a different rule. Um, but, you know, make sure you're doing those self-examinations. And so it's one one cause that I'm really passionate about. And I've worked with Ralph Lauren Pink Pony for that. Bras for a Cause is an incredible program. If they teamed up with um, various designers and um, they teamed up with um, a lingerie manufacturer and all these designers designed beautiful bras for, for women who had breast cancer. So um, I try and do what I can. And here in, in the region, in the Middle East, there's um, a charity called Pink Caravan, which is supported by the government. So, and they do mammograms uh, in these mobile trucks. And so people can, can do it for free. So it's, to me, it's something I'm really passionate about. And I really hope um, people stop putting an age to breast cancer. Cause I think everywhere, most, most countries say, you know, breast cancer, you know, start checking at 40 plus or 50 plus. And, I truly believe that you really, there's no age for it. And I've seen friends who've had it in their thirties and, um, and someone like my mom, I, I wouldn't want anyone to go through that pain that she went through. Um, what, how do you gain a social media presence? Because you've got a very strong uh, presence on social media. How do you do that? I, I must admit, I joined that social media bandwagon very, very late in the game. And, um, and I, I say that because I think if you joined in the very beginning when Instagram started, yeah, they didn't really have, they didn't have the, um, algorithms, you know, yeah. now it's very hard to like gain a following. So when you see these people with like millions and millions of followers, you know, they, they, most of them have joined right in the beginning of Instagram. Um, I was really honest. I joined because I was doing a project with a client and I was going to Paris for the fashion shows with that client and a part of my contract was you know cover this trip on Instagram like you know, <laughs> going backstage and I was like oh my god I have to open this account and back then the idea of Instagram was like everything was so instant you know like you had a post right away and um, now I kind of have most of my posts kind of planned out a little bit but um, but yeah I joined it pretty late so it's not like my numbers are like massive or anything but I will say for me I have stayed true to um to who i am and the branding that i want to convey and the messaging i want to convey so um i had a talk show here for five seasons on dubai one it was called, it was with a show called um studio one and i had a segment every okay. week called fashion thursday uh, fashion thursday so it was a 15 minute live live um feed that i had when i first moved to dubai and it was on fashion and beauty and entertainment and you know, there was no Instagram back then. All there was was Facebook and, and Twitter. And, yeah. You know, like that was kind of the only social yeah, media presence. Yeah. Um, so, so now I think, oh my God, if I started, if I started you know, uh, Instagram back then, I'm sure I would have millions of followers. But I think for me, you know, there's every day there's new people coming on and joining on the Instagram bandwagon. And I always say, as long as you're authentic to yourself, I think that's what will stand out. And I don't think you need millions and millions of followers to make that message, you know? Yeah, that's if true. If you truly know who you want to talk to and who's following you, if you know who your followers are, um, you know, you'll kind of see genuine, not only just feedback, but you're, you're going to be authentic. And I think that's what's going to make you last forever. And your talk show, where can we see it? And who have you interviewed? Um, so it is based, it is um, on the social media outlets of Indigo Living. So they have a YouTube channel. We just shot our second season. 
it's a company based out of Hong Kong. So we're actually shooting for them and it started to pick up. So this season, um, we've only shot a few months of episodes and obviously now we had to close the studio. Uh, but we've, we've interviewed a lot of female entrepreneurs out of the Middle East. Um, and what's really interesting about the program, which is one of the reasons I love it, is we interview everyone from a, a house, like someone who's at home with the kids, who's an amazing baker um, or like an incredible, like, you know, she has incredible organizing skills. Um, there's a brand, there's a girl salon here. It was, it was one of my favorite interviews and she just naturally is so organized. Like, you know. Oh, I love people, people like that. Yeah, yeah, like you oh, you go to her house and it's like, you know, the playroom, like everything is just immaculate. You look like you're walking into like a magazine. But she was born like her mom, her grandmother was like that, her mom was like that. So, she, you know, obviously she picked it up and she thought it was quite normal until she got, you know, two kids and, and parents started coming over to her house and they're like please like we'll pay you anything like please do this for us and um and then she did the you know she did a, a proper course on it because she wanted to be um registered and she wanted people to take her seriously and she now does it for people like you know whether it's tidying their kitchens or labeling all their spices or you know buying matching jars for everything and she now has a business and she does it on her own time so when the kids are at school or you know doing after school activities she does it and it's not like she's you know she's like I don't want to be a mil like this whatever money I make she goes I just put it back in the kids or I put it back in the business whatever it is but um it makes her really happy and I like that idea that it's someone who's being fulfilled and following her passion um and then we interviewed other business women who are like Seema Ved who is um you know in the billionaire category yeah. she's co-CEO with her husband you know and they have the largest um distribution for for high street brands not only in the middle east but in india as well and so she is a super powerful woman and mom, mom of three and you know like so the, the idea is is that you know you can you can be someone working at home or working in an office and the idea is being an entrepreneur and starting your own business you have the same traits right it's like passion it's hard work yeah um, and it's like this really unique skill set and i love sharing people's stories because when every time that episode goes out you know real women are are messaging in going oh my god that's such a great idea or you know i'm going to try doing this at home and whether they're a great cook or you know they're they're doing arts and crafts like i get so many people just sending me things that they're they're creating or designing at home and you know they kind of want to be on the show um, and it's honestly i get so proud to see women doing things like i feel like you know you don't always have to be it doesn't have to be a corporate thing you know no no it's good it's good for women to come out and speak out because um that's how other women feel motivated i mean i'm a mum of three and sometimes you you can get a bit sort of lazy and just think oh i'm just gonna stick to you know looking after children my routine but then when you hear or watch these stories you feel motivated to do something um lastly rosalind what yeah. can we find in your bag beauty products Okay, so I can't live without lip balm. It's 100% <laughs> for sure. I always have dry lips. Um, so right now I'm using, uh, actually most of the time I use La Mer. I just love that um, La Mer. And I like Elizabeth Arden um, uh, 8 hour cream. So they, they did like a lip balm version of that. So I'm a big okay. fan of that. Um, so lip balm is definitely something I always carry. 
Um, I am Indian by heart, so you know, black eyeliner you'll always find. <laughs> um, and it, honestly, the one I've been using forever—it's not expensive. It's actually Maybelline Master Liner. I think it's like five dollars or whatever, or whatever, four pounds or something. In boots, it is the best eyeliner I've done. I've written so many interviews, and I always mention this. It is like I buy ten of them. I stock up at Boots, and it's the perfect soft liner.、It、goes inside your eyes and your rims, so it's super soft.、Um, so I love that. I will say the only thing with that liner is it's not good for over the rims because it's really soft. But it is definitely my favorite.、Um, yeah, I mean, in my beauty bag, a good mascara is always great. And、um, I love, like, I love a pop of color on the cheeks. You know, just that nice flash,、yeah. flash、um, color, just to kind of, yeah, open it up. And a lip balm is definitely a must. So yeah, those are my favorites. And concealer, I, I'm, ter- I, I'm a terrible sleeper. So if someone in your podcast world is ever listening and has any tips for sleep,、um, I, I am such a bad sleeper. So、um, I always have puffy eyes and. And dark circles, so I, I always have kind of these eye masks from One 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 Skin with me that I like can't live without. And those are those little eye masks that are like my little yeah, super cool. They're brilliant.、Um, and yeah, and concealer is a must. I can't live without a good concealer. So、um, if my eye, if I need like if I'm filming or something, it's definitely with a corrector from Mac. And then I use、um, Tarte、uh, Shape Tape Concealer, which I'm absolutely crazy about. Thank you so much, Rosamond, for your time Thank today. You. Thanks, for Thanks for sharing my story, and I'll see you guys very soon. Hopefully in、yeah. London. I'll see you soon. Yeah, definitely. Take care. Thank、Thanks. you. Bye.